0: All right, so we are back with another episode of The Grace Between Us. I'm Pastor Nathan Hurst.
1: And I am Lori.
0: And we are tackling a big issue today. This is technically episode 2.1.
1: 2.1.
0: We had a forbidden episode that we may or may not be able to share someday. We'll see about that when the time comes. But (laughs) today we're going to tackle a hard issue.
1: Women in ministry.
0: Women in ministry. What do we think of women in ministry?
1: You know, it's a hard topic for a lot of people. You know, it's almost forbidden in some churches and other churches, churches. you know, don't, just don't want to talk about it. And so here we are, we're going to talk about it.
0: We're going to lay the scriptural foundation. We're going to give our perspective. We're going to give a little history. Uh, One of the history pieces I'd like to give before we just jump out is a joke that you've heard me say a few times that I repeat from an old Baptist minister and she doesn't think it's funny. And it's really not that funny, but it illustrates how far we've come and the mentality of uh, the church and what it used to be. So we we're at this church, I won't say where, uh, but we were serving and this old guy who was, who's was kind of pseudo on staff, old Baptist minister, uh, there was a woman preaching and he said, you know, women pastors or preachers are kind of like a dog walking on their back legs. They don't do it that well, but you're pretty surprised they can do it at all. Oh and my I, gosh. oh my gosh, the guys, you know, erupted and left. They're, oh, that's so funny. You know, that ribbing guy joke. But then there's a reality to the sense that he just put down 51% of our population mm-hmm. and basically said they don't have a reason to be in church. And so, you know, at the time I was a young guy, I didn't want to make too many ways, but I was kind of, okay, funny, what do you do? You know, you're 80, you're going to be dead soon. So we'll let that joke slide. But a lot of the church still thinks that yeah. way.
1: Women deal with it all the time, you know, people not respecting positions that they're put in simply because they're a woman. And unfortunately, you know, that is, it's not fair. It's not right.
0: It's not fair. It's not right. Um, It's something that we need to think about. And it's something we need to address scripturally. You know, we know, we know because we, we look at the scripture honestly and openly as much as we can. Obviously, we have our theological bends, but we look at it honestly and openly as much as we can. And there are very significant women who held positions in the early church.
1: Let me rewind for just one second. You know, when we planted the church, I'll never forget that there was a conversation you had with a pastor in the area- (laughs) I forgot about this of, you know, ministry, and you wanted to have a conversation out of respect for him that we were planting in church, and I thought it was really interesting that the topic that came up that he said that you guys did not agree on was simply women in church and women in ministry. And Specifically,
0: he asked if we would have women pastors, and I said, yeah, absolutely, yeah, we want to invite everybody to to use their giftings, and he said, well, that's that's the dividing rod. This was rod.
1: five years ago.
0: Yeah, this yeah. was
1: not that long it's not, it's ago. I like, mean, this is serious. This is
0: not like the 1800s. It's no. not 1901. It's you know, it's, it's not way back in our history. This was just a few a few years ago and right here in the heartland in the Midwest. Right. And it's a prominent church, you know, mm-hmm. we don't need to name names, no. uh, you know, but it's they shall really, remain nameless. It's
1: interesting that, you know, those things come up because a lot of times I think, you know, if you don't agree with that or believe that mm. you don't think that it's still happening, but it is still happening. You know, I, I know that there's probably been people that don't come to our church simply because I'm labeled as a pastor in our our church. She's
0: Absolutely. co-pastor, I think on the website. It doesn't yeah. really matter if she's pastor as much as I am. The fact so, that I
1: would have a voice, they're yeah. like, okay, I'm out, you know?
0: And it's funny, in our eldership structure, all the women have a voice. Yes. They have a reason to be a part of the conversation. Yes. And we value that. Mm-hmm. We value that. And we always have. We've always thought it was something that we should value is a woman's perspective. Mm-hmm. And there are things that I see as a man that she doesn't see and there are things that she sees as a woman that I'm never going to see. And that's okay. Yeah. God made us different on purpose, for a reason.
1: I like to equate the church family as your family at home. You know, mm-hmm. there's a father, there's a mother, and there's a place for both of them. Mm-hmm. There's value they both bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And so God puts them in there so that they can work together to be the best that he created them to be. So,
0: Absolutely, and that's that's the call of the church, right? We're supposed to be the best we were created to be. We're right. not supposed to uh, just kind of halfway use our gifts and talents and right. hope it works out. And, and as I was saying and kind of segueing into... Uh, the idea is that there are some very phenomenal women that we see mentioned in church. And the first one, you know, I'm going to give it as an example is Priscilla. Priscilla mm-hmm. and Aquila are this dynamic couple. Uh, right. They're missionaries, uh, they live and work with Paul. In fact, it, in Acts chapter 18 and verse 24 through uh, 26, it, it literally says that, that they took this guy, this up and comer, mm-hmm. Apollos, aside. They meaning Priscilla and Aquila, man right. and wife. Mm-hmm. And they literally showed him more accurately the ways of God. So she was teaching alongside her husband. She had a voice. She had a voice. And this guy would go on to be a very prominent voice in the early church. Right. And she had a reason for being part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of folks, man, they forget that women had value. Like husbands, I can't tell you enough, alongside your wife, listen to her let her be that instrument to help people along
1: preaching to the choir i'm
0: telling you and i there's many times i've had to defer to her and say Mm -hmm. hey what do you think about this because if i went on my own instinct we were going to crash and burn but i needed that different perspective and there's many times she's been able able to bring teaching moments to people and show them the way of the gospel in a way that i couldn't Mm -hmm. and that deepened their faith because of her perspective and we miss that when we alienate women in teaching right. facets from the right. church and leadership facets. we alienate that perspective Absolutely. altogether. Uh, the next one there on the list is is this a woman named Phoebe. Phoebe. And I love the name Phoebe. Remember Phoebes in youth Phoebes. group? If she's listening, shout out to Phoebes, hey. Walzac. Well, I don't know what her last name could be now. <laughs> no, oh,
1: she's, not she's, not, she's not married no, yet. She's not married yet?
0: Okay. Good Lord, it makes me feel old that that junior hire could be married. Uh, but whatever. <laughs> when your happens, youth group
1: kids start have, getting married and having children, <sighs> having oh my oh, goodness.
0: It kills you. It Man. kills you. Whew. makes you feel old. Yeah. Uh, but Phoebe, Paul refers to her as a presiding officer mm-hmm. over many. In fact, in Romans chapter sixteen, verse one and two, it says he endorsed, or I, Paul, endorsed Phoebe as a servant leader or a presiding officer. It's talking about church hierarchy mm-hmm. uh, that they would, that the church there needed to welcome her in a manner that's worthy of the saints. Mm-hmm. So, when Paul is using this language worthy of the saints. He's saying, listen, she's someone that we esteem highly in leadership, that they should help her. And that, uh, for she has been a benefactor that she Mm -hmm. was, she added value to many. And actually Paul says, even he himself. And and that's a problem. When we limit women in church, in ministry, when we limit their voice in leadership, there's a dead space where somebody could be adding value. Absolutely. And the the theologian of the New Testament, right? The guy who wrote two thirds of the New Testament. He says (laughs) these women added value.
1: You know, and these are times in which a lot of people like to say culturally that women didn't have a voice and that they, you know, weren't respected. Well, Paul is literally saying, hey, this woman is someone I respect and I value what she says. And yet we take and gather information and don't even listen to the straight out, truth that he specifically states. I yeah. mean, there's no sugarcoating it. It's clear.
0: There's no sugarcoating it. Paul lines it out very clear. These women were instrumental. And uh-huh. and there's a third woman who who I I actually love her name. If you had to a little it. girl. Okay.
1: Well, no, if you have We're done with children. That's his decision.
0: You can you can write him. You can talk to him about that. It's a mutual decision. We're getting older. Um, We're okay. We're not going to argue about
1: children today. But if you are going to have a child and you're going to have a girl, he will tell you you should name your daughter, and her name is Junia. Yes, we see her. Yeah her in the New Testament I
0: love the name and again yeah. in in uh, in uh where's where's junior she's found in Romans yeah. chapter 16 and verse 7 uh you know just a few verses down from where we just read and I don't think that reference is right I'm gonna have to check that but maybe it is <laughs> I don't know. I think I just goofed up a reference, but whatever. You can find it. You can find both these. Maybe the one about Phoebe and Junia is messed up. I don't know. Whatever. It happens from time to time. I'm not perfect. Um, But Junia, it says, Paul says Junia is my kinsman, meaning he brings her into the family. They weren't really related, but he's trying to talk Uh about how uh, connected their relationship was, that they were kind of on that even playing field. He says she's a fellow prisoner, so she must have suffered some of the Uh same fates he did for preaching the gospel. And he also says that she was outstanding amongst the apostles. She lumps her in with another person right. and also says that uh, she was part of the family of Christ mm-hmm. before Paul. So she's, she's the one who who paved the way. And the funny thing is there are people who have literally tried to distort her name as a male name, masculine, right. it ma- making it Junius mm-hmm. in order to say, well, there were no, you know, there were no real church leaders in history that were women. And the problem with that is in the frescoes, so these, these these very old paintings that depict Bible stories mm-hmm. and all of this old literature, she's always uh, portrayed as a woman, and it's not—it's—it's it's only right. until recent times that they even wanted to put the S on there. Maybe it mm-hmm. could be a man. Well, Junius is not a common name at the time. Mm-hmm. Junia was a very common name, especially for people who had substance, who kind of the rich crowd. So there's a high likelihood, uh, you know, that Paul's talking about a rich woman who he calls part of his own family. And that she was part of the family of God before Paul. So she probably paved the way with it. And the thing is, women and men suffer the same fate at times. We have difficult issues that we go through. Mm -hmm. Many times, women are the catalyst that lead men into faith.
1: Absolutely.
0: In their families, many women... We know
1: women choose churches.
0: Oh, 100%. Women. If you don't know, by the way, pastors, if you're unaware and you're trying to come up with that that little uh, tidbit of information to help grow your church women choose churches women choose doctors yep. it is the way it is and mm-hmm. if you if you are not a good uh, you don't have a good bedside manner as a pastor you will run women off and your church will be small it's just <laughs> the way life goes or or you're going to be some of those hotheads and I don't need to name names and they grew big churches and all of a sudden they fell because what was behind that baggage right. was craziness <laughs> and it did kind of coalesce people for a while but in in the long term it was it was there was a problem underneath the surface, and it came to fruition. So we well, want to be honest yeah. with the fact that women are catalysts for right. the gospel. They spur on so much.
1: Right. Let's head on to that scripture that everyone, when oh they want gosh. to have the argument about women in leadership, women in the church, this is the big, Here's the big the one. kicker that they always come back we're, with. We're going
0: to take your ammo from you <laughs> for this argument. We're going to just take it away from you today. It's if you want to read it, go ahead. It's 1
1: Timothy 2, 11 through 15. It says, a woman should learn in quietness, Oops. He stole it, so I I couldn't read it. There we go. All right. A woman should learn in quietness and full submission. I do not permit a woman to teach or to assume authority over a man. She must be quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not the one who who was deceived. It was the woman who was deceived and became a sinner. But women will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with propriety proprietary came and talked today. I
0: know you can't even, that's, I a, said it wrong that's a, that's an NASB. <laughs> so that's kind of, you know, kind of big flowery language there, but really what we're learning from that scripture. And, and one of the things I want to point out right away uh, to just kind of steal some of the ammo here, because mm-hmm. I know someone read that. Look, look, women are not allowed to teach over. Paul right. said it. Hallelujah! <laughs> I'm gonna get my old King Jimmy and play nothing but organ music, and you know you're gonna listen to me because women, you're subservient. And unfortunately, that's not what Paul says. So right. there's a word there that he used. He says, "I don't, I don't permit a woman to teach and to authoritate over." It's the word "authentian" in the Greek. And most people build a doctrine around one word called "authentian," and that one word is only used one time in the Greek New Testament. Paul uses it one time. Every other time he uses the word for authoritate or authority, he uses Mm -hmm. the word uh, exosia, um, which is a different Greek word. So "authentian" is used one time. So my guess is Paul was using it for a very specific purpose. purpose. And when he says it, we don't build doctrine on one word usages. That's called a hepex legomenon. That's a bad idea in theology. Yeah. That actually yeah. breaks down your theological footing in a hurry. So if you're building a doctrine on this one word authentian, you are already off the rails. Uh-huh. And and so we have to ask ourselves like the hard question. Okay, if if Paul isn't saying then okay, women just you, you can't teach and you can't have authority, then what is he saying? Well, the word Paul actually uses there authentian is talking about like dominating over a man. Paul uh-huh. is saying, I don't allow a woman to teach and dominate over a man. And there's there's something there that we don't get. So he uses one word one time, and then he connects it with this idea, teach or authoritate over. So we have combined word usage. Now this is PN 101, this is Nathan Hurst 101, Pastor Nathan 101. <laughs> this is how I read this scripture, it makes more sense to me. So the thing is we have combined use, uh, word usages in the English language. Like if I say to you, hey, don't eat and run, you know what that means, right? Yep. What does that mean?
1: Don't run while eating.
0: No, that's absolutely not what it means. (laughs) It doesn't mean don't jog with a burrito. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying don't eat. Don't eat. Don't
1: Don't hurry up and then out
0: the door. Yeah, and then jump out the door. So there's a colloquialism. There's an understanding that we have behind the the two words being combined and used together. So the likelihood is Paul's doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. He uses a word one time. He knows what word he uses when he normally talks about authority. He's not an idiot. Right. He spoke three languages, could write in two. <laughs> he is the premier theologian of the New Testament. So my guess is he didn't make a mistake when he used this word. He was saying something in that combination of words. I don't know that we have a full understanding necessarily of what he was saying. But there's there's other issues that we need to think about there. Not only is he using a word usage one time, but... He also in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 9 he talks about dress code and everybody's looked at that that little <laughs> portion and said well that was you know that was just them and their culture so one instance paul gives a command and it's just for them and their culture and then later on we go well you know he's he's stating forever and for always that women are never supposed to teach in church Mm. and that doesn't make sense because it doesn't follow the pattern right Right? he's either saying something in speaking to culture in in first timothy chapter 2 and 9 and he continues that that line of thinking all the way down even into uh what we're reading here in first timothy chapter 2 and verse 11 and 15 Mm -hmm. or in verse nine, he just jumps all around and and he's he's confusing the reader. So my guess is, if we're going to be consistent, we need to stay consistent with right. what Paul is saying. Mm-hmm. So if we read it again, we can say that I don't permit or a woman should learn in quietness and full submission. There's a lot of I would say misogynists out there that say that means to a man. Hallelujah, look he's saying to a man. No quietness and full submission to the word mm-hmm. like you like anyone would have to be in quietness and full submission to the teachings of god they're bringing in people who are from other churches, other religions, women specifically, and trying to mold them into a new context. And so there's a way in which they should learn in quietfulness and submission so that their hearts are the walls, their heart come down so they can receive the gospel. Right. Just like any one of us. Right. But Paul was specifically talking to women mm-hmm. for a very specific purpose throughout this throughout this portion of scripture. And then he says, I don't permit a woman to teach and or to assume authority over a man. And again, that's that combination of words there. We don't actually get the full on understanding, but it's definitely, he's definitely saying, I don't want you to have or exercise dominance over a man, women. I don't want dominance over one person as opposed to another. Right. And that's really what he's getting at. Then he goes on to talk about creation at the beginning, and Eve sinned, and Adam didn't, because there was a doctrine that was floating around in the church Diana or the temple Diana, uh, and or Artemides, depending on what you know how you want to look it up. And there was this idea that Eve was created first, Adam was created second. Hmm. Eve didn't sin, Adam sinned. And he's correcting a doctrine that followed. He wasn't. Yeah, and he wasn't trying to say anything other than that. In my opinion. Now, you can argue with me all you want. Uh, I give you the nuts and bolts of the scripture. Go ahead and argue, but I think you're wrong. But ladies, I'm going to tell you what. I just took the biggest bomb, <laughs> theological bomb that someone's going to throw at you. I just took it and threw it away, threw it in the trash. Listen, in my opinion, you have all full rights mm-hmm. to go after the mission, the calling Come on. that God has put on yes. your life. Even that teaching from the pulpit. You go, <laughs> Beth Moore, Joyce Meyer. <laughs> and I don't care if you like them. Yes. I don't care if you like them. They're doing what God called them to do. That's right. That's right.
1: Yeah, it's hard because you know a lot of people have that perception, and they this, maybe it's just what they've always known or what they've been told, and so they don't challenge it. And you know, especially I think men like to talk about that more, a little bit more than women, just because right. they that gives them control. They get a feeling of control, and um, you know, not all men are that way. Absolutely, you mm. know, but. It's just one of those things that women have really had to combat in ministry. You you Google some of these women's names who are trying to fulfill the call that God has put in their life. You got Beth Moore, you know Joyce Meyer, um, Lisa Kathy Bevere, Duplantis. Kathy Duplantis, That's right. and you can see articles. I I just pulled one up the other day. I yeah. had read Lisa Bevere's uh, "Without Rival," and I had been looking for a, a passage from that that I had thought was interesting. I'm like, I don't want to look for the book right now, but I'm going to look it up. And I pulled something up. This article and all of it is just talking about the heresy that she has i'm like are you kidding me you know girls
0: just trying to do what god called her to do you know
1: and god uses them so much Mm -hmm. and for people to try to take away the ministry and the calling and the purpose and passion behind what these women are doing is just it's crazy
0: it well it's ridiculous and it's unfair Mm -hmm. and and if we were really to hit first timothy chapter two on the head Where it says, I don't permit a woman to have authority over me. That wouldn't just mean in the church. By the way, guys who think that way, let me help you out. That would mean if a female cop pulls you over, you should just keep going. Because you don't, you're not going to permit a woman to have authority over you. Or if you find yourself in front of a female judge, just tell you don't, you're not going to pay any mind to you. I'm not listening. To you. You're not a man. Hey, mm-hmm. see how far that goes. See the problem is you don't believe that scripture in full force. Because mm-hmm. if you did, you would never allow a woman in any way, shape, or form to have authority over you or your male children. Once right. they've been bar mitzvahed, you would say, as in a Jewish context, they become a man. Once that happens at the age 13, you'd say, listen, boy, you never have to listen to a woman again. <laughs> And the problem is you're not dumb enough to do that. Mm. By the way, if we ever have a woman president, which I hope we do someday, yes. if we ever have a woman president, guess what? You shouldn't ever have to listen to her because, you know, according to this scripture, you should. she shouldn't have authority over you. <laughs> well, the fact is you don't take it to that extent because you're a coward. You're not going to outrun a female cop because you're a coward. You're not going to stand in front of a judge and say, Judge, I don't have to listen to you because you have a skirt. You're not going to do that because you're a coward. Only cowards have one set of rules at home Mm -hmm. or in their little local church where they can manipulate people and a different set of rules in culture. And maybe I got too strong there.
1: It's okay.
0: It's okay. It's our podcast. (laughs) You don't like it? Don't listen. That's what I think. You don't like it? Listen to somebody else. Anyway. Uh, man, I think this is a big topic and it's something that we need to talk Mm -hmm. about more of at some point or another, but I think we have big issues on the head. Uh, I don't know. What, what do you feel as a woman is the biggest thing that's been stolen from me because of this, this perspective?
1: I think it comes down to, you know, thinking that you don't have as much to offer because, you know, maybe people don't look to you to provide that leadership that you can do. I know. Um, I mean, I can't, name names right now, but I know there's been so many women even in my life that I've watched who have all this potential, yet a lot of the opportunities don't get turned to them because they're a woman and they may have more qualifications than any of the men applying for that, you know, especially I feel in the church these days, Um, you know, and so There's even churches still out there that won't call a woman pastor. Mm -hmm. They will call them a director over children's ministry or, you know, they'll (laughs) let them do the job, but they won't give them a title. They don't pay them
0: as much. Mm -hmm. They don't give them the title. And then they say, well, honey, we love you. But in our mind, your best place is to just serve the kids. Yes. Like, come on, come on. And, and, you know, that's an egotistical thing that I think needs to die someday. Mm -hmm. I hope it does. I hope it dies fast Mm -hmm. um, because I'm all for it, man. Uh, I, I kind of have that old that old Hillary Clinton slogan, I'm with her, stuck in my <laughs> head when I think about women in leadership. In fact, I goofed around with a woman I'm on the, uh, a board with, a local board with, and uh, they, we were looking for a new board, board president, and I mm-hmm. said, we should nominate her, and the slogan around the table became, <laughs> I'm with her, and she didn't have the time to take the position, but uh, we moved on from that. But, you know, I think you're right. There's so much to get stolen just because... You're female.
1: And you don't even look at yourself with the potential to do that, Mm -hmm. you know, if you feel like you've watched people bypass and Mm -hmm. that people won't even take you seriously. And that's so unfortunate because there's so Mm -hmm. much that women can bring to the table. um, If they could only see the value that they're bringing and have Mm -hmm. the confidence that it will be trusted and taken. And and to shine. Mm -hmm.
0: And to shine when it comes out. You know, the problem is the church for too many years has been labeled as an organization that devalues and belittles women. Right. And we need to change the tide on that. Yes. And it was never Jesus's intention. Again, I think we made a good good argument today that it wasn't the early church's intention. It right. wasn't Paul's intention. So we need to take a New Testament stand mm-hmm. and say, listen, girls, come on up here. Take your position, Mama.
1: Right. Be proud.
0: That's right. Be speak proud. Speak
1: your voice. Yes, because it matters. <laughs> Can you say speak your voice?
0: <laughs> that's right. Because it, it matters. Yes. It matters in today's culture. Your
1: voice matters.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So and
1: God speaks to you just as much as he speaks to anyone else. That's you right. Know?
0: Just as much as he speaks to your husband. Mm-hmm. Sometimes God speaks to her first because I'm not listening. A truth. Real truth there. Come on. I'm
1: just going to let it be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so but you jump in there with that big, loud amen. But she's nicer than I am. Well, man, we hope you guys enjoyed this. Again, if there's any other topics you think we yes, should discuss.
1: Please bring please them to please us. Please
0: bring them to us. And yes. you can follow us at at the Grace Between Us on Instagram <laughs> and other social media outlets. All the socials. All the socials. The social networks.
1: Yes, share it.
0: Share it. Connect like with it, it. Like it. And if you
1: subscribe, do they subscribe you here? You can
0: subscribe, subscribe anywhere. Yeah. Uh comment. Down there. If you hated it, awesome. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. I I got enough. You know, haters gonna hate. <laughs> So I don't really care. I'm not going to sing today. <laughs> it's kind of a stupid song anyway. I don't know if we should even be referencing that guy. Anyway, that's a different different subject. Everybody knows, uh, yeah, everybody knows it, but it's not, a, it's not a good dude. All right. So we will see you next time. Hope you enjoyed it. Oh, all right.